What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Welcome, welcome everyone. We are here with another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Excited to be back with everyone today. As always, uh, it's my pleasure to be here and really, it's like the highlight of my week every week. I just look forward to getting on here, joining in with my people live, um, sending a message to all of you who follow up with the podcast. I know uh, the majority of people who hear this will be hearing this later this week and later this month. So sending love to all of you who are receiving this message on the podcast. Hello and good morning to those of you who are live with me today on Instagram. Always a pleasure to be here with you. And I'm excited to dive into today's topic. So what I want to speak about today is the most attractive quality that a human being can embody. Of all the, of all the things that we can be, of all the things we can access, of all the aspects of ourself that we can bring forward in life, there is one that is unanimously across the board Every article says it, Every like, like no matter where you look, there's one quality that is unanimously the most attractive quality. Men think it's the most attractive quality. Women think it's the most attractive quality. Uh, I imagine uh, people who are non-binary or somewhere in the middle, they also find this quality very attractive because it literally is the thing that screams value, that screams attraction, that screams worth, And what that quality is, I'm not going to keep you hanging on the edge of your seats for it. What that quality is, is confidence. Confidence is the single most attractive quality that a human being can embody. And I remember, you know, when I would be, when I was dating years ago or when I was, you know, trying to hook up or meet people or whatever it was, I was, uh, I was always like on watching YouTube videos and researching and, you know, like, how do you talk to women or, or what do people find attractive? And, and the, the number one thing across the board was always confidence. And I always remember that, like, just thinking to myself, like, you know, I got to be more confident. I got to be more confident. But the, the question is, how do we really access confidence? Or like, what even is confidence if we could start there, right? So there's this thing that we know that if we want to be attractive to people, if you're in a relationship, if you want your partner to respect you and admire you and look up to you, right? Like all, all like confidence is essential. If you're in the workplace and you want people to, you know, give you that promotion or see you as a high value employee, like confidence is essential in every area of life. It is just one of the most important, most powerful things that we can embody. And so if we, if we just start with that, because I remember back when I was recognizing like, okay, I need to be more confident. Somehow I need to figure out like how to be more confident, how to have more confidence. Like I need to figure this out, but I didn't really know what to do. And 
I want to say that the majority of what people access when trying to be confident is not real confidence. It's more of an arrogance. And so what, what is the difference? Let's start with that. What's the difference between confidence and arrogance? Confidence is, and, and I'm going to get more into this about what confidence actually is, but confidence is like a, a really being okay with myself. Like you can think whatever about me. You can like me. You can not like me. You can think I'm sexy. You can think I'm not. And it really doesn't impact my idea of myself too much when I'm being confident or when I am confident. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't feel it. You know, if somebody's like, Shane, I don't like you. I think you're disgusting. I think you're a piece of shit, right? Like if somebody said that to me, I would probably feel it for sure. Like I'd be like, Ooh, ow, that like, that doesn't feel good. What did I do? Like, can I make it right somehow? Like, you know, first I'd just be like, Whoa, I'd be a little taken aback by it. But then I would really sit with myself and how I feel about myself and what I know is true for myself. And I would come to the conclusion that, okay, whatever was going on for that person, I don't really think it's a reflection of me. And confidence is the ability to be okay with yourself, no matter what is really going on in your life, no matter what people are saying about you, no matter what people think about you, no matter if you get the thing you want or if you don't get the thing you want, confidence is really the ability to be okay with yourself through all of it. Now, arrogance, and arrogance is what most people access when trying to be confident. And arrogance is when you're really not okay with yourself, when you really don't feel okay with yourself, but you have to act like you are anyway. And so using the example, you know, if somebody were to come up to me and say like, Shane, I just think you're scum. I think you're a piece of shit, right? And if, if I wasn't really confident in who I am and somebody were to say that to me, I might need to go act out in some kind of way, or I might need to fight with that person, or I, I might need to prove myself somehow, or, or I might need to go talk to everybody about, can you believe what this person said? And I just, what, do you think that like, I might need to get all this kind of validation to make up for it because there's not that internal confidence. And so the arrogance would show up as like a self-righteousness, as like a need to prove myself, a need to control the situation, a need to make that person wrong, a need to maybe turn it around on that person and, and show everybody what an asshole they are or whatever, because, because my internal security is not that strong. I would then need to act out in some kind of way that that would be an overcompensation for that lack of confidence. And, you know, I remember like when I was younger and especially like being in school or being in, in certain groups of people. And I would often think like the loudest person or the person who took up the most space, like the, you know, the person who just was the center of attention. Like I would often think that person had a lot of confidence. But what I've come to see over the years, and I'm sure a lot of you have come to see this too, is that person is often the person who has the most fear. And they're so afraid of what somebody is going to think of them or what somebody is going to say to them that they've kind of got to beat the person to the punch or beat everybody to the punch. It's like, I'm going to be so loud and take up so much space and be the center of attention to such a degree that 
that I'm going to show you who I am before you have the chance to make it up on your own. Right. And, and so even that like loud person who's taking up so much space, often that person doesn't really have a lot of confidence. Often it's like the opposite extreme of being shy. Like the shy person is so afraid of what you're going to think of me that I won't take up any space at all. I'm just going to try to hide and not be noticed. Well, that person who's the center of attention has that same fear, but they're relating with it in a completely different way. And they're taking up so much space so you can't form an opinion about them. They're going to give you the opinion before you even have a chance to form one. Confidence, true confidence exists somewhere in the middle. And it, it's, it's, I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I don't need to go out of my way to show up in any specific kind of way. I don't need to have you think about me or look at me in any certain kind of way. Like I, I give you the dignity to make up your own opinions about me and who you think I am. And I don't really get involved with that, but I also don't hide myself. And so when I have something to say, I say it. And when there's a, a need for me to show up, I show up, you know, it's funny. Like I get on here or I used to. I used to do like large seminar trainings and I would be in a room of a hundred people speaking from stage and, you know, leading a, a training and I would sometimes be really confrontive and, and, you know, people, people would assume that, wow, like you must be like this all the time. It's like, well, actually not like, it, it's funny. Like when I'm not speaking or teaching or leading a group or leading a program or, or, or something like that, like I'm actually pretty quiet. <laughs> Like I prefer to just kind of be to myself, you know, and I've, I've always kind of been that way. Like there was a, there was a quote I heard when I was, I don't know, in my twenties or something, but it, it said, the quote says that when you speak, make sure you're adding to the silence. And I always, I always thought like that quote resonated so deeply with me. It's like when you speak, make sure that you're adding something to the silence. Like you're not just making noise just to make noise, but when you use your words, they're powerful, they're meaningful, they have an impact. And if there's nothing to say, you don't need to just fill up the silence with noise just to hear yourself talk or, or just, to, just to make noise, right? It's okay to be quiet too. And I've always resonated so deeply with that. And I think that really is a reflection of confidence is this ability to use my words and your words are a reflection of your energy, right? So it's not just using your words, but it's using your energy intentionally, clearly, purposefully, creatively with the intention to create something. And so confidence in a nutshell is this ability to kind of stay in your own lane, to be you, to be you authentically, to be you fully, to put yourself out there in, in a way that is authentically you without being swayed by the ideas or thoughts or opinions of others or what you think they might think about you, to not have this need to try to make it show up in any kind of way, but to be yourself fully, authentically, and completely, <clears throat> excuse me, to be yourself fully, authentically, and completely, and allow your life to be created from that. 
And what happens for the majority of people is we can't really be ourselves fully and completely and let our lives be generated through that because of fear. And fear is of the ego. And those of you who follow me or or listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about this, that fear is of the ego and the ego is our protective mechanism. It's the thing that tries to keep us from pain. And so if you're just staying in your lane, being yourself, doing your thing, the ego is going to start talking to you and the ego is going to start saying, well, what about this person over there? What are they thinking of you? Are you, are you doing the right thing to show up in the way that they want you to show up or blah, 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 or, or they're judging you or they're talking about you or they're thinking something of you. And then the ego is going to try to get you out of your lane to go do something to impress or get the approval of that person. You know, if we put this in the context of a new relationship, let's say you just started dating someone, you're just getting to know somebody, you're, you're excited about it, you felt a really great connection, you've seen a lot of green flags of like, oh, I, I really think this could go somewhere, I really think this is the kind of person I want to be with. And it's so important at this stage of a relationship, especially, right, let's say you're a couple months in, you've been talking on a regular basis, you've been dating on a regular basis, there's consistency, there's connection, there's, you know, like a, a mutual, like a, a, a give and a take that's flowing really nicely here. And it's so important at this stage of a relationship to really maintain your confidence, right? To really stay in your lane, to be you authentically, to express yourself authentically, And then what the ego is going to do in in this kind of situation is the ego is going to start to tell you things. And it's going to start to say, you know, uh, normally this person texts you by 8 a.m. every day, but today it's noon and they haven't texted you yet. Maybe they're seeing someone else or maybe they're losing interest or maybe you said something last night that rubbed them the wrong way and now they're second guessing the relationship and just on and on and on and on and the ego is just going to start making up scenarios and and you've got to understand like it's trying to protect you right it's trying to anticipate something that might go wrong and give you something to do to prevent that or control it or skew it in a certain way that's going to get you what you want so it's trying to protect you The problem is it has no idea how to protect you. It has no idea what's right or wrong. And 90% of the time, the suggestions and advice it gives you is just awful, horrible advice that you should never listen to. But it makes you feel afraid. It gives you that feeling of like, oh my God, something bad's going to happen, right? I'm going to lose this person. They're going to develop an interest in someone else. And then on and on it goes. So the ego is going to start trying to get you to act out in some kind of way. You know, maybe you should call them. Maybe you should not call them. Maybe you should act a little more distant so they don't think you're as into them as you actually are. And that way you can regain some control over the relationship or, you know, you know what it is, is you've, you've been too needy. You've been showing too much interest and the ego is just going to go on and on and on. It's going to tell you everything you've done wrong, everything you need to do to correct it. And what it's going to do is it's going to take you out of your confidence and into this manic ego place, into this fear-based ego place. It was just a couple um, sessions ago on the podcast. I was talking about the different brain states. Um, where we get into a high beta brain state. That's, that's this ego place, this survival control place. 
it's a great, uh, great session to listen to if you want to go a few episodes back and check it out because I really, uh, you really understand the different brainwave frequencies. And when we get into a survival frequency, what it does is it takes us out of our confidence. It makes us feel like we're in danger. It makes us feel like we're at risk and it makes us act out in a very manic way to try and protect ourselves. But it, it, it just creates more problems. And so the reason we can't be confident, if we're going to just follow this logically here, the reason we can't be confident is because we have fear. And I always say fear centers around two things. I'm afraid I'm not going to get something I want, or I'm afraid I'm going to lose something I have. So, oh my God, there's this guy I'm talking to or this girl I'm talking to, and I really like them, and I really want it to go somewhere, and I'm afraid it's not, right? I'm afraid I'm going to lose something. I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to not get something I want, right? I really want this person. I'm afraid I'm not going to get them. Or maybe I have this person. Maybe we've been dating. Maybe we've been talking. Maybe we've developed a relationship. Maybe we're exclusive, right? I have something I want and I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. And the moment the ego makes us afraid, we can no longer be confident. And the longer we hold that fear in our body and we live in that fear, the more and more our confidence is diminished, the more and more we identify as somebody who is weak, as somebody who is pathetic, as somebody who is undesirable or unattractive. You see, fear, the presence of fear makes us feel all those things about ourselves. I'm going to say that again. The presence of fear makes us feel all those things about ourselves. I'm weak. I'm not attractive. I'm undesirable. I, I'm right. When I'm in fear, I am identifying as all of that stuff. And so confidence, we could say, is simply the absence of fear combined with the ability and the clarity to honor and live my truth. I've never said it like that before, but so I'm going to say that again. Confidence is the ability to, okay, hold on, hold on. I messed up. I'm going to say that again. Confidence is the absence of fear coupled with the ability and the clarity to honor and live my truth, regardless of what shows up. And I saw somebody say, just in the comments here, I want to touch on this, said, unless you're with a narcissist, they want you to feel like that to control you. Now, you might have wandered into the wrong room today if you're dropping a comment like that, because I'm, I'm going I'm to jump right in on it. Okay, now with love and with compassion, because I know how challenging these situations can be. But being confident is your responsibility. And I'm saying this for everyone right now. Being confident is your responsibility. Nobody else can take that from you unless you let them. And so if you're in a relationship with someone who's a narcissist 
or or maybe they're not a narcissist. Maybe they're just they got some stuff that they're not ready to be a loving, committed partner right now, and they're giving you breadcrumbs of affection, or they're you know coming in and out of your life whenever they feel like it, or they're hitting you up at 2 a.m. for a booty call and then they don't talk to you for two weeks, right? If you've got these kinds of things going on in your life and you are feeling that fear, it's your responsibility to manage your relationships in such a way, to manage your life in such a way that you have the ability to feel confident. Now, I get it. If you are in relationship with a toxic person and you have that person in your face making you question yourself, making you doubt yourself, making you feel afraid, making you feel hopeless, making you feel like there's nothing like available for you in life, making you feel like you have no value or nothing to offer. Yeah, it's going to be impossible to feel confident within that context. And yes, the more you buy into that, the more they will be able to control you. But it's your responsibility to really decide that you deserve better than that, to really decide for yourself that, you know what, it would be better to be alone than to be with somebody who doesn't respect me, doesn't honor me and and is hurting me and taking away from me, like taking away, like actively taking away from my life, right? Like it would be better to be alone and it's your responsibility and it's your role to go within your own heart to search within your own soul and decide for yourself that you deserve better than that. And until you can do that, your relationships are going to be reflections of the fact that you feel you have no value of the fact that you feel you deserve to be treated that way. So I'm going to go back to what I said before. Confidence is the absence of fear coupled with the ability to honor your truth and honor your, what's, what's right and what's true for you, regardless of how that shows up. Okay. I see somebody just posted that in the comments. Thank you for catching that. Um, so how do we create that, right? How do we get out of fear and into this ability to really fully live my authenticity and my truth. And it, it, may, it may come as a surprise, the answer I'm going to give is the way to do that is through the emotions. The, the emotions are the gateway to confidence. And I, I know like we generally don't think of confidence as, a, as an emotional thing. And one of the reasons we don't is because we often have it collapsed with arrogance, as I was talking about earlier. But here's why. You've got to understand that fear is always about emotion. The presence of fear is always about something that you think you're going to feel. And you see, we think that we're afraid to lose that person. We think that we're afraid like, oh my God, I want them so much. And if, if we could be together, I would just be so happy and so fulfilled. And, and we think that losing that person is what we're afraid of. But we're not afraid to lose that person. We're afraid of what we're going to feel in the absence of that person. Now that's subtle. That's a subtle distinction. But when you really get that, 
your whole life will change. Like that, that is actually the key. Like if you're, so let's go back to the person who was talking about the narcissistic relationship. All right. If you're with somebody who is narcissistic or somebody who's abusive or somebody who is toxic in some other way, but somebody who is like actively taking away from your life and being in relationship with them is actively hurting you. If you're in a relationship like that, that you've got to understand that that relationship is reflective of your identity and how you view yourself. And because you've wrapped your identity up in this person, because you've wrapped your value up in this person, you see, it's like if I'm with a narcissist or somebody who's abusive or somebody who's toxic in some way, and they're, they're hurting me and I'm, I'm receiving that it's because the only reason a person, a human being would resign themselves to that kind of treatment is because in the way that I view myself, it's like, it doesn't matter what happens to me as long as I have them. You see, I've wrapped my identity up. I've wrapped my value up in this person, right? This person keeping me in their life tells me that I'm valuable, tells me that I have some worth. And if I cut that person out of my life, I'm going to feel that I have no value and I have no worth. Confidence comes from the willingness to feel that. You see, so if I'm in this toxic relationship, this abusive relationship with this person who doesn't honor me, they don't care about me, they don't give me attention, or if I'm, if I'm with somebody who's, again, breadcrumbing me, or somebody who's keeping like an open door policy in my life where they just come and go as they please, or somebody who's just dragging it on and on and on, but they're not giving me any real commitment. And I talk about it and they brush it off or, you know, and on like any of these types of situations that we find ourselves in, right? And we're so afraid to let this person go. You've got to recognize the reason you're afraid to let that person go is because you don't want to feel what you're going to feel when they go. And confidence, which as I started out by saying is the most attractive quality a human being can embody. Confidence is going to be found on the other side of feeling everything that you didn't want to feel or everything that you were afraid to feel. Confidence is going to be found on the other side of that. So how it works is you cut this person out of your life. You don't respect me. You don't honor me. You don't treat me well. We don't have the same vision for a future. You know, I don't see a long-term possibility here. I don't feel honored. I don't feel safe. I don't feel appreciated, whatever it is. But you say, I'm done. I'm not going to accept this anymore. And you cut this person out of your life. Then what happens is everything that you were avoiding by keeping this person in your life, right? So you, you in your, in your identity, in the way you had framed it for yourself, it was like, this person wants me, that means I'm valuable. This person wants me, that means I'm worthy. This person wants me, that means I'm lovable. This person wants me, that means on and on and on. Whatever meaning you gave it subconsciously. Now, all of that is going to come to the surface. 
Oh my God, this person is not there anymore. I'm not worthy. I have no value. I'm not desirable. I'm not wanted. Nobody's ever going to want me again. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. On and on and on. All the fears come right up to the surface. There they are. Now, instead of repressing the fears by hanging on to this person just one more day, just one more text, just one more phone call, just one more hookup, just come over to my house for one more booty call, give me that little hit of validation and then leave again, right? Just instead of clinging to just one more little hit of dopamine that's just gonna make me feel a little bit better for one more day or one more moment, I take that out of my life and now I'm left with, with what I'm left with. Everything I was avoiding by clinging in that relationship, now there's no way to avoid it. I'm stuck with it. Here it is. It's alive inside of me. And yes, there are ways to avoid it. I mean, you could go drink, you could go smoke pot, you could go, uh, you know, have sex with strangers. You could go, I, I mean, you know, there are, there are ways to avoid it, right? But if you don't avoid it, if you don't avoid it, and you just receive it, and you allow that fear to come up and be present within you. Now you're owning the experience. Everything you've been running from your whole life, you're not running anymore. It's right there, and it's alive, and you're present to it. Being present to this emotion creates confidence. Being present to this emotion creates confidence. So I I see somebody asking right now, how do you handle the feelings? Well, you handle the feelings by feeling them. And this is something that if you've never done this before, it, it would really support you to have a therapist or a coach or, or some kind of experienced guide who can really help you navigate this. But you, you handle the feelings by feeling them, by allowing them to move through you. And you've got to understand, like, it sounds so simple when you say, well, Shane, so I just feel my feelings. Well, that sounds pretty easy. Well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised because most of us do one of two things. We either power over the feelings. And I know a lot of you will relate to this. Like, oh my God, am I still in this? Like it's been six weeks. Why aren't I over this by now? It's time for me to get my shit together. I I just need to get up and like get on with my life already. And maybe your friends are telling you that. Maybe your family's telling you that. Like, look, he's been gone for six months. It's time to get over it already. Right. And so there's a moving over it. There's a repressing it. There's an invalidation of what you're feeling that causes you to push the feelings under and then move on. And then you go get into another relationship that reflects the same previous relationship. And why do you do that? Because you never really processed the experience. You just moved over it. You pushed it underneath and then boom, it's coming back around again because you never processed processed it. The other thing we do is the exact opposite of that. We get drowned by the feeling. 
So we get suffocated by the feeling. We go into a depression. We won't get out of bed. We say, oh my God, I'm so worthless. I'm so unlovable. I'm so unwanted. And we get suffocated by the feeling and we go into a depression about it. And whether we're operating over the feeling and pushing over it, or whether we're falling under it and being suffocated by it, both are forms of repression. And in in neither situation are you really feeling the feeling. Are you really allowing it to move through you? And so the thing to do, and this is something I've spoke about a lot, is to experience this feeling fully, to let it move through you, to, to experience every aspect of it, to feel it in your body, to give it as much time as it needs to move. You know, if you were in some kind of abusive relationship for 10 years, you might not be over it in six weeks. I'm just going to say the obvious, right? If you were in it for 10 years, it might take at least a year of really feeling the grieving and letting go of it. You might have to really give your healing process some time. And you know, you might not always feel confident during that time, but going through that process consciously is what creates confidence. You see, if when people ask for tips on confidence, they're like, what are three things I can do right now in the next five minutes to make me feel more confident? Right? But that's that's often more in the realm of arrogance, those kinds of things, right? What, what can I do to boost up my ego to make me not feel the things that I'm really feeling underneath? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the true process of really going through everything that diminishes your confidence. So on the other side of it, when you've really been with yourself in the deepest ways, Confidence is just what's left. Because this is what I want to say. And this is the point I've kind of been leading up to with this whole conversation. Is that when you felt all of it, when there's nothing you're afraid to feel, when there's nothing you need to overcompensate for, when there's nothing you need to avoid, when there's nothing within yourself that you don't want to look at or you're trying to hide from or you're trying to overcompensate for, when none of that's there, there's no fear either. Because it's like, I said this in um, Inspired Love, which uh, I I told you, I've been sharing about this where we did uh, session two last week. This week will be session three of Inspired Love. But last week we, um, we had somebody in the coaching, we were working and, you know, I I was asking her, she was, uh, going through the possibility of losing somebody who she's been dating for a while and has been, you know, getting her hopes up about the relationship. And now she's going through the possibility of losing this person. And I asked her, I said, what's the worst thing that could happen if you lose this person? And she said, well, I would feel unworthy. I would feel like I wasn't, you know, worth anything to anyone. I would feel like I wasn't wanted, like I wasn't attractive, like I wasn't desirable. And I said, okay, those are thoughts, right? I'm not worthy as a thought. I'm not desirable. I'm not attractive. These are all thoughts. And so I asked her, I said, what's the feeling of those thoughts, right? Like what do those thoughts make you feel? 
And she said, sadness. Those thoughts make me feel sadness. And I said, okay. So the worst thing that would happen if you lose this person is that you would feel sad. And she said, yes. And what I want everyone to understand is this is such a hype in our minds. It's such a hype in our egos. Like, oh my God, I can't lose them. They mean so much to me. They mean, oh, it's such a hype. But all it is is sadness. All it is is a feeling. And then when I asked her, I said, so what if there was no resistance to feeling that sadness? What if you just knew that the worst thing that could possibly happen here was that you might feel sad and you were, you were totally willing and able to be with that feeling if it came? How would you show up to the relationship then? And she's like, well, I would show up confident. <laughs> I would show up excited. I would show up inspired. I would show up being my best self. I would show up without worry. I would show up without fear. Yeah, you would. Because there's no resistance there. There's nothing you're avoiding there. There's nothing you're trying to hide from or protect yourself from. Right? It's just like, look, worst thing that can happen here is I feel sad. And if I feel sad, you know, I mean, it's not going to feel good. I'm not going to be doing, you know, cartwheels and, and, you know, jumping for joy. It's going to be a different kind of experience than that, right? I might lay in my bed and wrap myself up in my arms and hold myself. I might need to sweet talk myself a little bit. I might play some soft music and I might cry. I might call a friend. I might need to set up some sessions with my coach or my therapist or, you know, like I might need to take care of myself in the experience. It might take a little bit of time for it to process. You know, if this relationship doesn't work out, it might be a few weeks of just feeling down or feeling low or, or not feeling like my best self. And, and I might have to go through that, but me in a really deep way, like just knowing and being clear about that, if that happens, I am 100% prepared and ready to deal with that. If that happens, if that comes, if, if, if I'm forced to, to deal with my sadness, if, if that's the result of this relationship, I am 100% available for that, ready for that, willing to be with that, willing to experience that, willing to just hold myself and love myself through that, willing to get the support I need from coaches and therapists and friends and family, willing to just, you know, go get a massage and make a nice dinner for myself and just really, you know, give myself the extra love and the extra care that I need while I'm going through all of this. I am 100% ready and willing to deal with all of that if that's what's coming to me. And because I know that in the deepest aspects of myself, because there is nothing in me that's trying to protect myself from that, I can be confident. So I see those people laughing at me or or I heard that someone is, is talking about me behind my back. 
I heard that, you know, whatever, right? I've, 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 I've experienced these things that make me feel a little bit insecure. And in the past, that would have shook my confidence. But now I have the ability to go, oh, you know what? That makes me feel a little bit insecure. And I see that in myself and, and I just love that in myself. And I just care for myself within that experience. And, and I just honor that. And so because I'm available for that, I'm also confident. You know, it's interesting, like confidence is not the absence of any uncomfortable emotion. Confidence is the ability to be with any uncomfortable emotion. Confidence is the willingness to feel the fear and not need to hide from it and not need to run from it. So I said earlier, confidence is the absence of fear. And maybe that was a little bit off. More correctly, we could say confidence is the ability to be present to the fear. Without It's, it's the ability to see the fear, but not be thrown into a reaction because of it. So, oh, I see the fear. Oh, wow, I'm afraid I might lose the person. I see the fear. Okay, I can feel that. I can be with it. I can honor it and still stay in my lane. And still say, okay, I feel afraid right now. I see the fear within me right now. What am I afraid of? Let me just let me just explore that a little bit. Let me just feel into that. Okay, I'm afraid that you know, this person's going to leave and I'm going to feel sad. I'm afraid this person's going to leave and I'm going to be lonely. I'm afraid this person's going to leave and I'm going to have to get back out in the dating world and it's going to be awkward and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to have to, you know, meet people that I don't necessarily want to meet and and I'm going to have to go through all those uncomfortable experiences again. And okay, let me just observe that within myself. Let me be present to that within myself. Let me honor that within myself. Let me feel that. Let me feel that fear. Let me feel that doubt. Let me feel that shame. Let me feel that uncertainty. And let's just let that experience move through me. Let me be present to all the emotion that's there. And then let me choose who I want to be in this experience. Do I want to be somebody who's going to be desperate, who's going to beg, who's going to diminish my value to try to keep this person around, who's going to accept disrespect or dishonor from someone to try to keep them in my life? Do I want to be that person? Or do I want to be the person who honors and respects myself and expects that from others as well? Do I want to be the person who holds the line in relationships, who holds those boundaries, right? Do I want to be that person or do I want to be the person who's needy and overattached and pathetic and begging and feeling deprived? And the ability to choose one way or the other is confidence. And confidence comes from the ability to be present to any emotion that you might experience inside of yourself and feel it fully. All right. So with that being said, I want to open up for some questions now.
And I'm just gonna go through and see uh, what we have here. If anybody has a question you'd like to drop in the comments, go ahead, drop that in. I'll get to as many as I can. I have about a half hour or so, maybe a little bit more today to, to take questions. Okay, so I wanna start with this question from It's To Be Continued. Uh, the question is, with the circumstances of rejection or others' inconsistency and et cetera, things like that, what are ways to gain responsibility, distance, disposing of negative people, what else? Okay, so the question is, when we're dealing with rejection or other people being inconsistent or the breadcrumbing type stuff or the booty call type stuff or you know all, all those kinds of things, what are the ways to gain responsibility and, and distance and um, in a circumstance like that. So, you know, this, this is a really great question. And I think we've all got to start by just recognizing, like, one, what do, you, what do you want? What do you deserve? And what are you willing to accept? Like, as a, as a starting point, fundamentally for everyone, I think it's so important, like, as a starting point, You've got to get to the place where you would rather be alone than be in a relationship that is unfulfilling or, or at worst, like hurtful. And, and I, I think like that is just a place like fundamentally we've all got to get to some way, somehow. You've got to really be okay with like, if I'm alone, I know in my heart that that is better than being in a relationship that is unfulfilling or not supportive or, or unhealthy or hurtful to me. And that is, you know, so a, a couple of things I'll say on that. One is like, that's, that's a decision you've just got to make for yourself. But then two, you've got to, you've got to probably for most people, you'll need to practice being alone. And so if you're, if you're in, if you're somebody who is constantly getting involved with anyone you can, just so you have something going on, right? Like I know, and, and this is a theme sometimes with people like coach where it's like, I, I just need to have something going on. I just need to be talking to someone. I just need to be, you know, dating someone. So if I have no one, I'm just carrying like, you know, a bunch of conversations on on dating apps. Even if they're conversations that don't bring me any joy, even if they're conversations that don't really support or uplift me, even if I'm not particularly excited about these or, or looking forward to meeting these people, I just need to have something going on. Right, so I'm carrying conversations on, on dating apps. If there's somebody I'm attracted to, and even if they're showing up for me in a way that's like not really consistent or committed or promising for a future, I just keep that going. I just keep allowing that person to take up space in my life because in my mind, it's better to have something than nothing. You would need to recognize first that that's just not true. And you would need to practice being by yourself. So if I were coaching someone like that, I would say first, like, just stop it. Stop all of it. Like, delete the dating apps. Get off of all of it. Like, let's just take a few weeks and don't even try to date anyone in these next few weeks. I just want you to practice being by yourself 
Practice being alone. Practice spending your evenings alone. Practice going out with friends. Practice doing things that are really fun and really exciting and really uplifting and make you feel really good about who you are that don't even involve another person. Like a specific other person. It could involve other people in a general way, like we're going to a concert together, or you know, we're going out for drinks together, or you know, we're we're going to a painting class together or whatever, right? Like it could involve other people in a general way, but it doesn't involve trying to date somebody. Develop routines for yourself that you feel really good about. Like I've often shared, my wife would talk about when she was single, how much she loved going out to her favorite brunch place in the morning on on a Saturday morning. She would love to just go out to her favorite brunch place and sit there and order a coffee and order a pastry and, you know, maybe make conversation with some of the people who are in the cafe or maybe not, maybe just sit there and read her book. But like, this was a routine that she loved that like she just got excited about that she looked forward to. It was a way that her living her single life was amazing and uplifting for her, right? So you've got to develop those routines. You've got to develop those ways that being alone is amazing for you. Like a a lot of people have it, like being alone is somehow more pathetic or less than being with other people. And it's just, it's so not true. I mean, I look back on my days I was single and and I love my marriage. I love being in my marriage. I love being married. Like, it's really great. But I'll tell you what, I had some really, really amazing times of my life being single. And I wouldn't have rushed that or changed it to get into a relationship like like man like there were there were so many things that were so great about that and i was somebody who you know and and just i feel very blessed to have done this is i was somebody who really made my single life amazing like i i dated in a really amazing way with no attachment no insistence just for the fun of it just for the excitement of getting to know people and the possibility of finding love. I had lots of amazing friends. I was involved in communities that were uplifting to me. I was exploring my spiritual life in in, uh, really deep ways. I was becoming more educated. I was, you know, expanding my education and getting certified and growing my career. And like, I I was really living a single life in an awesome way. And... When I was single, I was in a place where I didn't need to get into a relationship. I I was aware in a large, you know, in an overarching sense that long-term I wanted one. And when I was dating someone, I was dating someone from the place of like, maybe this will evolve into one. But I I had, and I, I say this like, I had authentically gotten myself to a place where I was really happy being single. I wasn't rushing the relationship thing at all. I wasn't trying to get into a relationship, but I was dating. Why? Because I was a single person 
and dating was fun. And it was the possibility of meeting someone that I really liked and falling in love and having a lifelong partnership. Like there were all those things that were exciting for me. And so I was dating for that purpose. But I was also perfectly happy to like come home by myself on a Friday night and go into the kitchen and I'd make myself a really great dinner and I'd be really excited about what am I gonna make tonight and, and I'd, I'd go grocery shopping and I'd buy all the groceries and I'd go home and I'd make myself a really great dinner and at the time I was watching I think True Blood and I would put like True Blood on and I, I would just like make my awesome dinner and sit there with True Blood and man, I would just have, I, I would have a great time like, like genuinely, like just as happy as I could be not craving for or wanting for anything. And I had fallen in love with the life that I was living. And so I know I'm kind of indirectly answering the question here, but the question, I'll, I'll read it again. With the circumstances of rejection or inconsistency from others and things like that, what are ways to gain more responsibility and more power? And I mean, again, I know I kind of got there in a roundabout way, but these are the ways to do it. It's a combination of living a life that is amazing, that you love, that you feel amazing about, while also recognizing that within that life, you are going to sometimes not feel so great. You know, like there was a time in the midst of my single life, when I was being awesome and living an amazing life, that I would be dating someone. And I would get really excited about them. And like, I remember this one woman, I've probably talked about her a million times on here. She was a huge lesson for me, right? But, you know, she was the one, those of you who have heard me tell my stories, is she was the one who wanted to have an open relationship, right? And so it's not what I wanted. It didn't really feel good for me. And I also hadn't really done all the work yet to really get clear about what I wanted. So I was kind of like, I could be open to that. Let's see, you know, I, I think I'm strong enough and confident enough to be open to that because I had done a lot of work on myself. And I'm like in my mind going, well, you know, why should I, if she wants to see other people, like why should I prevent her from that? And, you know, maybe we'll see other people for a while and maybe we'll grow into a relationship. And, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten enough clarity at the time to, to think to myself, like, you know what, if, if she wants to see other people and I want to be with one person, then, you know, we should, I should just like say we're not compatible. Like I hadn't gotten that clear within myself yet. And so I was still in this place of thinking like, all right, well, maybe we'll see other people for a while. Maybe we'll grow into a relationship. You know, I can be secure in, enough in myself to let her have that freedom and let her go explore those things. And, and so I was trying to be okay with that, but I wasn't really okay with it. And it created a lot of conflict within me. And so, yes, on the one hand, I was living this really amazing awesome life. I was having a lot of fun. I was enjoying my life. I had a lot of really great things going for me. In a big way, I did have a lot of confidence in my life. And then on the other hand, there was still some stuff that wasn't fully integrated, that I wasn't really clear about yet, or I hadn't really owned my power in those areas yet. And so I was still subjecting myself to situations that weren't really, you know, super fulfilling for me. And what I had to do in this period of time 
was I had to, on the one hand, live this amazing life, and on the other hand, be present to the experiences that weren't so amazing, that were happening within me. You know, so she and I would go away for the weekend and we would have this amazing weekend together. And, you know, and we would talk about like, yeah, you know, maybe we can have more of a relationship and, you know, maybe we can see each other more often. And then after that, like, I wouldn't hear from her for like a week or two weeks and she would just basically disappear. And I would reach out and she would, you know, maybe respond to a text, but make it very clear that she wasn't interested in talking. And, and so there was like a lot of like, you know, together and really feeling a lot and then separation and feeling like, huh, I don't feel so good about this. And so I would have to be present to those experiences. And I'm navigating all of this, right? I'm navigating the living my awesome life, feeling really great about myself, and then also subjecting myself to experiences that make me doubt myself, that make me not feel so great about myself, that that make me fear, or that make me feel unwanted, or that make me feel unworthy. And so when those came up, I would have to really honor those feelings within myself and really and really be like, okay, I know I'm worthy. You know, I, as, as a worthy, sovereign being, have subjected myself to this open relationship that is causing me to feel all of these things. And I'd have to really be present to those feelings and really, you know, ground in myself that just because I'm feeling these things doesn't mean that they're an inherent reflection of my worth or my value. And so I'd have to really be present to that and feel into that and process that emotional experience. And I did this for about six months with this person. And what I want to say is after doing all of that work, I got to a place where it wasn't like, it's funny because in my mind, I thought I was going to get to a place where I was so confident that I would be able to subject myself to this relationship, but have no feelings about it, right? This is, this is the, the funny thing, kind of the paradox, is I thought I could sub- subject myself to all of this and become so confident and so spiritually enlightened and so integrated that I would have no feelings about it. But when I really reached a high level of confidence, it's not that I was like, oh, I can just handle all of it and I have no feeling about it anymore. That's where in my ego I thought I was going to get to. What I realized is that I love myself so much and I have so much confidence in who I am and the value that I offer that I just don't want to subject myself to this anymore. It's interesting, isn't it, right? Like the expectations we have of ourselves are often so unrealistic, right? Like we think that we should somehow transcend the human experience. I don't care how enlightened you become. You're not going to transcend the human experience. You know why? Because you're human. You know when you'll transcend the human experience? When you die. Until then, we are here to work with the human experience. And a high level of confidence is a high level of honoring myself. And a high level of honoring myself 
means that I don't subject myself to experiences that cause me unnecessary suffering. And I don't subject myself to experiences that cause me unnecessary suffering because my confidence is at such a high level that there's nothing in me that that would justify that. You see, when I was subjecting myself to that experience and and I'm, I'm investing emotionally in a relationship with someone who is actively sleeping with other people and who is actively not available for the, the time and the attentiveness and the kind of relationship that I'm trying to create. And I'm hoping that somehow, some way, this is all going to change down the road. And I think that being able to be okay with this is confidence. What I wasn't seeing in that is the reason I was allowing this in my life was because there was something within me that thought I needed her. And I needed her to such an extent that I'm going to even suffer unnecessarily just to keep her around. Real confidence is the recognition that I don't need her. And therefore, there's no justification for exposing myself to that unnecessary suffering. Instead, I can just set my sights on a relationship in which I'm valued and honored and appreciated and we want the same things and we can actually build a life together and I can actually feel the way I want to feel in a relationship. And... Going back to what I started with, I honor myself enough and I love myself enough and I am confident enough to, if I can't have that or be in a relationship that is on that trajectory, then I don't need to be in a relationship at all. And I really mean this when I say it. I don't need to be in a relationship at all because my life is so fucking awesome and I have so many great things happening in it. And there are so many great people in it in terms of friendships and family and activities and places I go and things that I do and communities I'm involved in. And my spiritual life is so rich that I don't need to fill the empty space in my life with a placeholder just to keep me occupied, just to keep me distracted. I can fill all the empty space in my life with things that are deeply meaningful and deeply powerful. And if sometimes I'm laying in bed alone at night and I really wish someone was there with me and I feel that loneliness and I don't have an event to go to and I don't have a TV show to watch and, and it's the time for me to just be with myself, I don't need to hide from that either. I can just be with myself and just hold myself and love myself through that loneliness and it'll pass and I can just be present to it and I can honor that human experience. I can honor that authentic human experience and just let it move through me. And if I shed a tear, I shed a tear. You know, if I, if I cry out loud, if I just say, ah, if that's what happens, that's what happens. 
And then tomorrow morning, I wake up and I go back to my awesome life. And I just keep living it. And as I said in the beginning, I stay in my lane, living my truth, expressing my authenticity, sharing my gifts with the world. And I let every aspect of life and love come out of that rather than going out of my lane, out of my way to push and force situations because I'm afraid. That's confidence. That's confidence. So great question. I I know that was a long answer, but, but I hope I really covered all the nuances in that because it's a beautiful question. And, you know, last thing I'll say about that is I think this is a process. You know, I I said earlier, when we talk about confidence, people are like, give me three tricks to make me feel more confident. But I don't, you know, I could give you three tricks to boost your ego and overcompensate for the parts of yourself that are not confident, right? You could get all dressed up and do your makeup right and do your hair right and say some affirmations and do some jumping jacks and get all pumped up, right? Like, you know, you can do some things to momentarily overstep the places in yourself that are not confident. But the only real way to confidence is to grow into it. And you grow into it by honoring yourself more and more authentically every day. You know, I want to share actually while we're talking about it, um, in my relationship, because I know all of you who are listening, you may not be single and dating. Some of you may be in long-term committed relationships. And this, it's not like, it's not like the journey to becoming your most confident self ends when you get into a relationship. It's almost just like you graduate into another phase of it. And, you know, in my relationship with my wife, like, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of me that just wanted to kind of subordinate to her what she wanted. And why did I want to do that? Well, I wanted her to be happy and I wanted her to love me and I wanted her to, you know, get the things that she wanted. And there were aspects of myself that it was kind of like, well, you know, it, it wasn't that I was sacrificing things that were really important, but there were aspects of myself that was kind of like, it's not that big of a deal, you know, why don't, why not just let her have what she wants rather than, you know, creating a conflict so I get what I wanted. And as I grew into the relationship, those, those places where I had just kind of been letting her have her way all the time started to become more and more painful for me. And not because I needed to have it my way, but because there was part of my voice that wasn't being used. There was part of my authenticity that wasn't being expressed. There was part of my, um, you know, honoring myself that wasn't happening. And it's like, I think about it. It's like, it's like if you imagine like chiseling away at a work of art, right? And it's like, you have kind of the rough design and, you know, if you, were, if you were designing some kind of sculpture and you start with a block of stone and you chisel out all the major pieces and then you have kind of the rough design, right? Well, that's like, that's what single life is like. It's like you chisel out all the big pieces and you get like the rough design. 
And then you get into a relationship and that's like the detailed work. And it's like all the things that when you were dating just a year here, a couple months there, you know, this, a couple of dates here, a couple of weeks here, a couple of breadcrumbs here, a couple of narcissists here, right? Like, you know, when you're just going through all of this stuff, it's like you're just carving out the major areas. And then when you get into a relationship and that person is the reflection day in and day out, all the time through every experience. And, and you're just constantly having that mirror reflecting back to you all the time. You start to see all the nuances. And, and this is when you really start to chisel out the detail work. You start to get like in under that jawline and, and behind the ears and all the, all the wrinkles in the face and, and all the, you know, the, the creases in the arms and all the details in the hands. It's like you, it's like you're just chiseling out every little nuance and every little detail because you have that daily reflection and something that, you know, in a year or even in two years, you might've been able to live with. When you start getting into four years and five years, that tension starts to build inside you and you're like, I can't live with this anymore. And that's when you really start saying, you know, I know I've never brought this up, but we need to talk about this. You know, I know for the last few years I've been okay with this, but I just, I can't be okay with it anymore. And we got to talk about it. And, and I would say that has been a whole other level of confidence that has come through being in a marriage and has come through really you know, having that reflective mirror on a daily basis and honoring myself in deeper and deeper ways that I never would have gotten to just in dating or just being in a year in a year out kind of thing. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's a journey and it's really a journey in knowing yourself more and more and more. And then also knowing yourself but knowing, what was I going to say? It's, you know, let me just, let me leave it at that. It's really a journey in knowing yourself and honoring what you know about yourself. Yeah, that, that's what I want to say. Knowing yourself and honoring what you know about yourself. And, and I'll just say, you know, when I started dating my wife seven years ago, I didn't know myself as well as I do now. And I had done my absolute best prior to meeting her. And then everything that wasn't done when we met, that's the stuff that had to get worked out in our relationship. And that's what relationships are for. I, I truly believe that, you know, and I've often talked about this, is that relationships are for that. Even that casual relationship where that person's breadcrumbing you and they're not giving you what you want and they're not honoring you, like that relationship is in your life right now because it's telling you honor yourself. And so in your divine wisdom, you have invited this person into your life so they could be the reflection of how you are not honoring yourself. And they're literally without actually doing it, they're standing in your face every day going, I want you to start honoring yourself. Start honoring yourself. Look at me giving you all these breadcrumbs. Why are you accepting this from me? Will you please start honoring yourself? 
right? Like, like every day that that person is in your life, they're like in your face going, will you please start honoring yourself? Will you please create a boundary with me? Will you please use your voice? Will you please stand up for yourself? Like that's what they are there for. And when you finally honor yourself, you've graduated that relationship. And this is how relationships work. All right. So again, great question. And I, I know I went way overboard on that one, but there was so much to, uh, so much to cover there. So just, um, yeah. Uh, okay. So I want to take a question now from Ivy days. And uh, I, I remember at the beginning you jumped on and you said you want your ex back and you say here, I lost him because of my fears. Now, how do you cope with that? when you ruin something and you can't get it back. Now, this is just such a beautiful question. And, and I want to just send you some love. And I know in addition to just feeling the loss right now and feeling the loneliness and feeling everything that you, you were, you know, maybe not feeling while you were in the relationship. I know that you're probably also feeling shame right now. And you're also feeling guilt because it was your own mistakes that caused you to sabotage the relationship. And what I want to say, my dear, from the bottom of my heart, and I say this with a lot of love, and I really want you and, and everyone who's listening right now to really, to really try to understand what I'm about to say, is this is what that relationship was for. And this is how we learn. You see, you lost him because of your fear. And I know right now you're going, I just want him back. I just want him back. I just want him back. Well, the truth is you might not be able to get him back. And, and maybe you will, I don't know. But if he doesn't come back, what I want you to realize is he has given you such an amazing gift right now. And it's the gift to really see clearly how destructive your fears can be. And sometimes in life, we have to lose something we really, really wanted to learn the lesson that we really, really needed to learn. And so when you say, how do I cope with that? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple things that are going to help with coping with it right now. First thing is, if he was the one for you, you could not have lost him. Okay. So you can rest in the absolute certainty that if he is the one for you, then somehow, some way it's going to come back around. And if he's not the one for you, then it was time for it to end anyway. And this is just everything unfolding exactly how it was meant to. Okay, so if you can really just surrender into that, if he was the one for me, I couldn't have lost him. Start with that. Now, the next thing I want to do is you to recognize how what an amazing creator you are. I want you to recognize the incredible creative wisdom that you have to create such an experience for yourself, to bring someone into your life that you really, really wanted to be with, 
to allow your fear to manifest in that relationship to such a degree that you would sabotage it. And then after that, to be able to see how that happened, how it caused it to happen this way, how it caused you to lose this person and to really integrate this lesson in a way that you could not have integrated it in any other way. You know, when people come to me and they say, I lost a loved one, or I'm going through a breakup right now, or the love of my life wants to divorce me, and people come to me and they say these things, a question I'll often ask them is, what did you need to learn this way that you couldn't have learned any other way? And I'm going to suggest that this experience is happening for you in this way because there's a lesson in it that you couldn't have learned any other way. And the way to cope with it is to recognize that this experience is not happening to you, but that this experience is something that you have created in your infinite creative intelligence. It's something that you have brought to yourself to awaken something in you that you could not have awakened any other way. And so when you really surrender to that and you really accept that and you really receive that, you will be able to cope with this experience. So sending you so much love. I know what you're going through is so challenging right now and you are so strong and I love that you're here. I love that you're receiving this message. I love that you're taking this in. And it's not going to be easy. You know, there's going to be maybe some challenge in your journey here. But it's bringing you towards the greatest version of yourself. And surrender into that. Surrender into that. So this is uh, Van Henten Yolanda's question. Um, she says, I let my ex go. He couldn't get committed. I removed myself. Now he stands with flowers on my door. So confused. Um, I see you go on to say he missed me and loves me, but still can't commit tired of it. He must do the inner work. And you said that he keeps showing up and time and time again. So, um, yeah, this is what, this is what I want to say. And this will be a quick answer is, you know, this often happens when we've allowed somebody to kind of take and take and take, and then we're like, finally enough. And they're like, oh, wait, I never thought you would do that. No, no, please. They All of a sudden, they have a whole new respect for you. Well, first thing, like, okay, two things here, Van Henten Yolanda. First thing is, decide for yourself if you have any interest in even being with him. Like, are you just so over it and so like just the sight of you just makes me sick? Like, I just, I can't even imagine being with you anymore. 
And if that's the case, then it gets really simple. It's like, listen, I want you out of my life. I want you away from my house. Don't show up at my door. Don't call me. I'm blocking you on my phone. And if you show up at my house again, I'm going to get a restraining order. Like we are done. That's my boundary. This is over. Okay. So if you want it to be over, you've got to just be really strong. Like this is over. Now, if you're open, if you're like, he is a really good guy, he just has commitment issues. And, you know, I would like to be open to the possibility of being with him, but he's going to really need to show me something first. Then, then there's a little bit different approach here. And what you say is like, look, I'm glad that me calling it off has awakened something in you when you want to try a little bit harder in our relationship now. But you need to understand that it's going to be a lot more than you showing up on my door with flowers for me to really be open to this again. And so what we're going to do is like, I want you to actually court me as though you were trying to earn my love, right? Like I want you to actually give me your very best. And, and I'm not going to just give in, like you show up for a week and it's like, okay, we're back to normal. No, like we've got to start over. We've got to start at the beginning. I want you to show up for me with consistency, with commitment. You know, yeah, I want to be in a committed relationship. I want the promise of marriage. I want the promise of those kinds of things. And if you're not able to get on the same page, then we are done. So it's like, it's like you're really letting him know, like, listen, if you want any chance for this to work, I need to know that we can go long-term I need to know that we can have marriage, family, if that's what you want. I don't know if that's what you want, but if that's what you want, like you need to let him know that you, you need to be on the same page about that. You need to be walking towards that together. And he needs to be showing up day in and day out in a way that show, that reveals the promise of that. And if he can't, And what I want to say is it's not like, okay, he does it for a week and then things are back to normal. It's like, you've got to really be the one to hold the line here. And and it's not like, no, we're not just going to jump back into all the good stuff. It's like, no, like we're going to spend some time apart and we're going to date like once a week. And you know what? I might even date some other people. Like you've got to really show up and earn that with me. And that takes a very strong person to do. So that's, those are my thoughts on that. And and I'm going to say like in nine times out of 10, it's probably better to just create a really strong boundary. I want you out of my life. I'm done. You had every chance and like, you don't get another chance. Like honestly, nine times out of 10, that's probably the best thing to do. It's up to you. I hope that supports you. and, And thanks so much for sending in the question. Here's a question from Nat Vigal. She says, hi there. I try to date people. I date, wait, I try to, I try to date and people I date pressure me for a relationship before I know them. It makes dating excruciating. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So great question. Now there are really two kinds of people. Okay. There are people who are ready to move into a relationship and there are people who move a little bit slowly. And if, if you look at attachment styles, you know, this could be equated to there are the more anxiously attached people and there are the more avoidant people. Now, the more anxiously attached people tend to attract avoidant people and vice versa. 
And one of the reasons that that happens is because it's an opportunity for both of the people to work on their stuff. Okay, so if I'm an anxiously attached type person and I attract an avoidant person into my life, where it sounds like the person asking the question tends to be more avoidant type and attracts more anxious types into your life. Okay, so regardless of which side of the spectrum you're on, if I'm one and I attract the opposite into my life, what this is, is it's an opportunity for me as the anxious person to get myself under control and chill out and be patient. And it's an opportunity for the avoidant person to open up and be available. Now, obviously you have to do this in a way that's safe, in a way that's reasonable, and in a way that you feel good about. And some people, if you're the more avoidant type, some people are just going to be way too anxious for it to ever work with you. So you've just got to get really good at knowing like a lot of people are going to want to move faster than I do. And I just need to be clear about where I am, be clear about my boundaries and be open to when the boundary is right and when it's not right. Or maybe there's a better way to say that. Be open to when, you know, it feels okay to move forward with someone and when it doesn't. So if somebody is, if you've created your boundaries and somebody is just so pushy that you can't even deal with it, then you've just got to say, look, you know, I really need to move a little bit slower. It's clear that you need to move really fast and I respect that and I, I honor that, but that's not really going to work for me here. So it's probably best that we just explore relationship with other people. Um, if it's, what I want to say is the other side of it might be that you need to open up a little bit more. And I know for people who are strongly avoidant, it's sometimes you're like, I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. But actually it's like, there's been more than enough time for any reasonable person, but you're just strongly avoidant. So what I found is, is there's usually a way to meet in the middle. You've got to practice opening up in a way that's uncomfortable for you. So somebody wants to be exclusive, maybe, and you're like, I've only known you for a couple months. That's way too soon to be exclusive. Well, not necessarily, right? So like you may want to start practicing being exclusive with people. Start practicing being available for the next level of relationship that you normally don't go to. Start practicing exploring relationship with people in a way that, you know, it's not like, okay, we're committed lifelong. We're going to be together forever, but it's like, okay, I'm going to stop seeing other people. I'm going to give this relationship an honest chance. I'm going to feel my way into this in a way that is challenging for me, but also safe. So you've got to find that balance. You've got to communicate clearly about your boundaries. So look, this is as far as I'm willing to go. But I would say like this would be the gauge, you know, within two to three months of consistently talking to someone, you really want to be willing to be exclusive with them at that point. Because if not, then you're just not giving the relationship a chance to progress. You're digging in your heels and the relationship just really can't move forward. It's like, okay, we've gotten beyond the phase where we've gotten to know each other. We have a, we have a sense of who each other is and, and how each other is. Now we need to explore being in a relationship with each other. 
And if you're not willing to let that happen, then honestly, you're just not open to a relationship. You should just tell people from the beginning you want to date casually because you're not willing to go into the territory where a relationship could actually develop. Now, if you want to hold off for a month or a couple of months, I'd say, you know, again, two to three months, it's like, listen, you can communicate that to people. You could say, listen, I would like the opportunity to, to stay in touch, to date consistently for at least a month or two, maybe three months where I really just have the opportunity to get to know you, have some conversations with you, spend some time with you. And then at that point, if I feel like you're the kind of person that I could really be with long-term, I would be willing to be exclusive and, and see how we can move this forward, right? So you're, you're letting people know in the beginning that I'm not ready right now, but if you're open to meeting me in the middle, let's give it two to three months. Let's remain consistent. Let's keep in touch with each other. And then at that point, we can have a check-in. And if we both feel like this is the right thing, if we both feel like it's something we want to move forward with, I, I'm like totally open to moving forward at that point. Right? So you've got to, I would say, meet in the middle somehow. You know, clear boundaries clear communication, letting people know what they can expect from you, letting people know that it's not just an indefinite someday, maybe possibly, but I don't know, like you're actually letting them know what they can expect. And then in addition to that, it's, um, it's being willing to maybe move your timeline back a little bit, right? Being willing to move forward a little bit sooner than is comfortable for you and being willing to take that next step. And if you can find a way to meet in the middle, this should go a lot easier for you. Um, great question, really cool question. And you know, I love hearing that perspective. It's very similar I've shared with myself and my wife. I was, I was always more of an anxious type person. My wife was always more of an avoidant type person. And so when we got together, I was the one like wanting to move the relationship forward and she was the one kind of like slowing it down. And we had to have a lot of these conversations. And what I, what I love about the way we communicated, and it was also very distinct from anyone I've ever been with in the past. Whereas in the past, there was a lot of like not being straightforward about these things, a lot of game playing, a lot of like, you know, not, not real direct, honest communication, but more like kind of not really knowing what to expect type communication with my wife. We actually sat down and had these conversations. I was like, I would really like to explore a relationship with you. And she's like, okay, I respect that. And I honor that, but I don't, I don't know if I want that. And, and it was like, all right, well, you know, what do you need to, to figure that out? And she would tell me, well, you know, I, I would like a little bit more time and it would be like, okay. And then, you know, within a couple of months, it's like, we were exclusive and we were, you know, we agreed to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and then, and then she's like, listen, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know when I would like to get married. And it's like, okay, well, how much time would you need to figure that out? And she's like, well, you know, I would like to be with you for at least a year and just feel, feel out what our relationship is like over the course of a whole year and, and how that is. And, and I was like, okay, I can agree to that. You know, we can try this for a year. And so we communicated very consciously and very openly. And even though we had different styles and sometimes it was maybe moving a little too fast for her, sometimes it was moving a little too slow for me, 
we were able to find that common ground and meet in the middle and really develop a, a very conscious uh, partnership in this way. So, yeah, I, I think it's really about having those conversations clearly and consciously where it's not about, you know, I, I think where a lot of people go wrong is it's like I, and especially the anxious people, I think miss the mark here because you see the avoidant people, they just cut the relationship off and they, they're the ones who ghost. They're just like, I don't need this. This is too much for me. I'm done. And they just disappear a lot of times. Whereas the anxious people are the people who are like trying to hold on really tightly and trying to push it forward. And I think where the anxious people go wrong a lot of the time is they're not, they're not willing to really communicate about how they're feeling without needing something from the other person. And as an anxious person and for all the anxious people out there, I, I want to say what I'm talking about right now is so, so important. And it's, it's actually so, so powerful too, right? To communicate what you're feeling and what you want without asking for anything from the other person, right? So it's like when I was communicating with my wife, I was being honest about what I wanted from her. And, and the relationship that I wanted to create from her. But there was also this total acceptance of like, look, if you don't want that, see you later. Like, it's okay. No pressure here. And, you know, again, that, that came, my ability to do that came from all the work I had done prior to meeting my wife. I wasn't always able to do that. But, you know, for the anxious people, and going back to the topic of confidence, right? For the anxious people, what confidence really looks like is one, owning my truth, right? So I'm owning my truth. Like, listen, I really like you. I really see some potential here. Like, you're the kind of person like I could see having a long-term relationship with. And, you know, if this worked out, I think that would be really great. And I would love that. And I'm totally open to that, right? Like, this is, this is what you want to communicate to the person, while at the same time, communicating not just with your words, but with how you show up in the relationship, that if the feeling is not mutual, if the feeling is not reciprocated, it's like, it's like, that's cool too, right? Like, I don't need you to want the same things, but I want you to know that if you're open to it, there's the opportunity to create a, a really amazing relationship right now, right? Like you right now, are in a, a place in your life where you've met somebody and if you want this and if we want the same things, there's the opportunity here to create a really amazing relationship. And if you can't get on board with that, that's okay. I'll go create it with someone else. Like uh, no pressure, no hard feelings. I'm not gonna be mad at you, but I want you to know that I'm open right now and there is the opportunity. So that is, that is confidence in the anxious perspective. And a lot of times what we try to do, and I say this as a recovered anxious person, right? But a lot of times what we try to do is we try to hide all those feelings and act like we're, we're as cool as the avoidant person is. Like, oh, they don't, they don't need it. They don't want it. Like, oh, I want to act like I'm cool like them. And I'm going to act like I don't need it and I don't want it. It's the wrong approach. 
because it's inauthentic. And over time, you're going to lose their respect because they're going to, they're going to see it all over you. Even if you don't say it, even if you try to pretend to be cool, they're going to see it all over you that you want it more than they do. And, and because you don't have enough self-respect to be honest about what you want, they're going to lose respect for you. And so again, for the anxious person, it's really having the confidence to own that and be able to be honest about it without putting that pressure on the other person. For the avoidant person, it's the willingness to really be receptive to that when somebody wants that with you. And the, you know, the avoidant wound is like when I was really little and I would reach out to my parents for love and affection, you know, I would try to hug my mom. My mom would be like, get away from you, right? She, she'd be like, this is my wife. And my wife says this, like she would try to hug her mom and her mom would be like, what are you doing? Get away from me, right? And so she developed a more avoidant style because of that. She developed a, a tendency to, to not reach out for love like that, to be very self-sufficient, to be very okay on her own. And so for her work in the beginning where I'm, I'm saying, I want this relationship, she's saying, okay, I don't know if I want this relationship, but I like you and I would like to explore this. And, and it, was, it was both of us, our willingness, and I want to bring it full circle to the topic of confidence right now. It was both of us and our willingness to really honor what was true for us and stay in our lane, right? We're not getting out of our lane. We're staying in our lane. We're expressing what's authentic. We're receiving each other's communication in a conscious and compassionate way. We're not trying to like get the upper hand over each other. We're just meeting each other as two human beings. And it was our, our ability to navigate our relationship in this way that allowed us to create the relationship we have today. And so, yeah, I, I just, just to say that is like, that's confidence, right? It, it's your, it's your ability to honor yourself and to stay in your lane. And, you know, it really comes, it really comes when there is nothing inside of you that you need to hide from, hide from other people not feel, not avoid, like when all of it's okay, when all of the experiences that happen inside of you are okay, there's nothing to run from, nothing to avoid. That's when you'll have confidence. That's when you'll have complete, beautiful, perfect confidence. All right. So great questions today. Um, as always, it's a pleasure being here with everyone, sending you so much love and uh, gratitude. Just grateful to have you on here with me. Um, it's always a pleasure. Uh, to those of you joining live, thank you. To those of you listening to the podcast, thank you. And, and I really appreciate you being on with me in the podcast. Sending so much love to all of you today. Thanks for being on with me and we'll see you back here next week. Take care. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.